Welcome to Stepside with Joel Johnson and me, Matt Howie. Each week we talk about truck news, truck-related items, our favorite trucks, everything trucks. Trucks, trucks, trucks. Let's go. <laughs> Episode 7, Truck July-ish. You know, what's funny is that's the bit I've been trying to do and I fuck it up every time. And so mm-hmm. it makes me feel good that when you try to do it, you're also terrible at it. I'm not trying very hard. <laughs> It's time on our regularly scheduled, perfectly on, on time. <laughs> whenever we whenever feel, we feel like, like it. a podcast. Next episode. Boom. It's summer, baby. Uh, in the Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> um. <laughs> wow. News you can use. Uh, yeah, yeah. You heard about any trucks? What do you heard about trucks? Uh, I mean, as of 24 hours ago, my YouTube's blown up with our Rivian R1S's. Uh, reviews and everyone says it's pretty much the truck but a little shorter and they seem to like it um you sent me a photo is that you no that was on the verge i believe i was reading their review they had some good photos uh or maybe it was jalopnik i don't remember it must have been another like embargo day because they all dropped yesterday and it was like seen it kelly blue book motor Trend. like everyone had a review shrimp toast uh, almost every reviewer said i cannot believe this thing doesn't come with carplay or android auto (laughs) It's got to change. Like, yeah. It's it's so uh, asinine. I, I mean, I think it's really just Tesla and Rivian at this point that are trying to fight yep. it. Like, you know, a few years ago, some of the other luxury manufacturers were going, you know, through a little bit of that resistance. Uh, and, of course, you know, as of the last WWDC, when Apple showed that big widescreen yeah. iteration of it, um, which I got no problem with, like, as long as you can turn it on or off. Um, but, uh, yeah. you know, at this point, get, you get, if you don't have CarPlay and Android Auto, what are you doing? It's unsafe. It's unsafe. It's unseemly. Uh, yeah, I mean, the reviews are good. Like, uh, I I, uh, I believe it was Jalopnik called it the heir to the Land Cruiser, uh, which I think is actually, I'd never put two and two together, but I kind of see it, right? Like, airs towards luxury, but has a lot of off-road capability. Um, but yeah, I mean, the story of Rivian right now, as you are living proof of, is can they ship some trucks? And they're still having problems. <laughs> No matter what they say, uh, and I mean they're not trying to hide it, but they are trying to put the best spin on it. This is what's so stupid about buying, especially cars these days. It's like we buy cars, like we buy cell phones, like we're gonna upgrade it every year, and like we don't mostly do that. Most people don't. Uh, so yeah, it was like it. The R1S launch felt a little lackluster to me because I was like, yeah, we've known about this for like two years. Like, what's the big? We know that we know Rivian's good. We know people want them, uh, but you know that's unfair to Rivian. Like they're building a ninety thousand dollar truck. Like this is a big purchase for most people. So uh, it looks sharp. I'll give them that. I'm I'm guessing they like the trucks. They probably just started shipping. But um, from glancing at the Rivian forums, it's like the people that'd be getting the first wave put in an order in twenty eighteen. It's wild. So like you know, mine was put in in the beginning of twenty twenty. And they always said it was kind of a year away. It was a year away. It was six months away. It was six months away. Uh, and then my date disappeared a few months ago. And that's when I read the forums. And they were like, um, do you remember when the iPhone came out and wrote like gold the first time? And they didn't release it on the... Like if you want it in white and gold, it wasn't ready on day one. Only gray and black No, I, I don't remember that. I'm too young. I was, I was like <laughs> 11 when the iPhone came out. <laughs> This is like 2010-ish, and like the the gold iPhone was a running joke, like Duke Nukem 3D. Like, when's this coming out? 
and it took almost a year for it to come out in just a different color and it was so insane so rivian was basically the same way about if you wanted a light color they have this like white tan interior um like they haven't made a single car with it and they aren't going to for several years well so th- that's why i changed mine to black and then suddenly i got a date which is a year into the future <laughs> do you think if you would have switched your date earlier like it you would have been up in the queue earlier yeah possibly i like actually took off all the options except bare minimum one so it actually brought the price down like five grand but i mean it's fine it's already it's just a pipe dream <laughs> it'll never happen <laughs> uh you know the uh, a point somebody else made too in one of the reviews that i was uh reading was that there aren't really any other full-size ev suvs like which is nope. wild to me because everybody's talking about electric trucks, electric trucks, but it's like... It's the only three-row EV on the planet except for Tesla X, which, like, I don't know if you've ever sat in the third row. It is for six-year-olds. It's like a Porsche backseat. Yeah, I never have. Uh, uh, and I, I So, mean, like, yeah. there's no other choices for, like, uh, a healthy Mormon family of uh, four to five yeah. kids. Like, there's no EV there's that's something that wrong with big. your marriage? Only four to five kids? <laughs> Uh, I'm like happy to see it. I, it still looks sharp. I, I I will say just from a pure product design standpoint, big kudos overall to Rivian for having a design that has not changed in any fundamental way in what, five or six years since they first showed it off. And uh, I still think it looks restrained, but sharp and futuristic, but not goofy. Um, yeah, it's they it's actually did change the SUV a bit a year or two ago. The truck has been unchanged. The SUV, it was more like swoopy, weird back end, and they made it more boxy and like look more like a Land Rover or something. Yeah, it's, it, and it's like, it's got more glass in the back. But so it has better, taken them long enough to get this thing shipped that Jeep made a Grand Wagoneer that clearly ripped off uh, the, <laughs> the chrome work, the bright work, and the body styling, uh, yeah. <laughs> like in the amount of time it's taken Rivian to stand up a, a factory. Yeah. Uh, we, it's, you know, I don't know. Fine. I, we could, we, we Every, can, everyone, there's one conversation about Rivian right now, which is like, yeah, it's great. Good for them. Good luck. Uh, yeah. but like, whoosh, like I really hope they can, <laughs> can get, you pull yeah, it off? I really hope they start shipping. I should say up top for our uh, dozens of listeners is that uh, immediately after our last podcast, when I was talking about how Ford was not like was basically going to go to direct consumer to sell all their EV stuff, like the next day, there was a whole bunch of ass covering by them that was like, well, you know, no, not entirely. That's not exactly what we mean. And then like this week, there's been a bunch of pieces that have come back out that are like, well, yeah, that is basically where they're going. So. I stand firm, even if I was incorrect, <laughs> which is my style, uh, to that they're going to go direct to consumer as soon as they can. They're just going to, you know, like try not to piss off the dealers as long as as long as they can. <laughs> I think if we go back to the recording, the first thing I said was, "How are they going to avoid lawsuits from all these dealers and their dealers?" Oh, just network? with lies, you know, just the good old fashioned way. But like, uh, I'm laughing. I just drove by my Ford dealer and uh, saw, oh wow, they have a Maverick, and I looked it up. And they are selling it for $15,000 over asking. And then they have a Raptor for $100,000, a brand new Raptor with 400 miles on it. So they're doing that thing where they, the owner drives it a little, you know, owner of the, the dealership lot drives yeah. it for a week and then says, it's a used car. So I don't have to follow Ford pricing limits. So, yeah, they buy it. They buy it from, from Ford and then sell it as used. 
that used to be a great deal. That's how I got my Volvo, but uh, now, now not so much. I mean, this is why they're direct selling because like the dealers are being dickheads. Before we go into other news too, I do have a proposition for you. So like, first of all, I did a little scouting last week to see even though I said I was going to get a Ranger Raptor, uh, even before the gas prices went insane, I, I had a moment of clarity. I was like, Ranger, yes. Raptor, come on. Like, that's the, like, what's the point? Uh, too much. Over uh, and so, you know, I'm back to uh, Ranger, but hopefully with a plug-in hybrid powertrain. And there was, uh, there are rumors, more, more than rumors. I mean, Ford's basically said, yeah, we're going to do it someday. But it's not clear. Is that the end of twenty three? Is that the end? Of, is that the mid cycle refresh? Like, no, no idea. That's still where I'm pointing. But but as I was preparing, you know, I usually take three to four hours to prepare before this show. <laughs> I like go, you know, do a little meditation. So I drink so. a little ten W thirty. Like read every bit of news that's out there. Uh, and I realize like it's getting a little stupid that right now. I'm the co-host of one of the most popular uh, truck podcasts on the planet, and I don't own a truck right now. So I'm not officially announcing anything yet, but now I am starting to think maybe maybe I need to buy a truck before the Ranger comes out as an That's... interim solution for my to fill the truck shape hole in my heart. That was my Lexus GX. I was going, I've waited two years for a Rivian SUV. I don't even know what three-row car is like because I never owned one. So I bought that one going, I'll get to drive it for a year or two and then I'll sell it. Yeah, that was my my training wheels car. I had a, a, a line on an avalanche that a friend of the show had uh, wow. pointed me at in uh, uh, Detroit uh that was at a fair price but it was definitely a beater it was like too far gone to make any financial sense to restore it wasn't in awful shape but had typical uh like body rust northern body rust and uh had some drivetrain isn't weirdness. there isn't there like a holy grail avalanche which is like a three-quarter ton eight lug like i think you're supposed to stare at the lugs because all of them are half ton mm -hmm. but they had a special three-quarter ton with giant axles, and you can jack those. I up don't know. And... I've never heard of that before. Yeah, no. I've heard. I've heard there's like one cool avalanche. They're super the, rare. The, yeah. the only one that I and I haven't looked at prices on these. Although now that we're talking, I if my keyboard's quiet enough, I will immediately start googling. Uh, there was a Cadillac variant of that same uh -huh, chassis, right. which I bet you they sold so few of that the guys that hold on to them are still holding on to them. But yeah, that would like be a, a pretty dope setup. Uh, yeah, Escalade EVT or something, and like or EXT. Uh, yeah, I I knew someone that had one. They're ridiculous and hilarious. But I, I would assume those are all half ton. But I think half there's a three quarter ton. Yeah, yeah. I just think I think like the dirt everyday guys bought one of the Holy Grail ones and and uh, raced it once, like out of from Craigslist right to right to a race. Well, we'll see because um, I keep buying more stuff I can't afford with this house, and I'm probably picking up another <laughs> motorcycle this weekend. But if there's you know a sub five thousand dollar decent truck in the you know east of the Mississippi, I might uh, I might I might have to pick one up soon, and then we could have our I first project you, car. I did I tell you my uh, uh, one of my friends. Um, Lives on a street. A couple friends live on this street. This kind it's kind of a main so drag. Yeah. Uh, kind of a main drag of the town, but it's very narrow, very small, just residential street, like 100-year-old homes. Beautiful. Uh, I think like once every five years or so, somebody tags cars. You know, just like 2 a.m., someone just plows a car and totals it. 
it happened twice in one week to three of their cars <laughs> and one of them was a like 1993-ish like ford ranger regular cab stick shift bare bones like farm truck beater you know 25 years old uh and i i told him like you know what sucks is like kelly blue book on the thing's got to be like 500 bucks and you cannot buy even a 30 plus year old truck for less than you know five grand now and he got an insurance check for $6,500 for a fucking rusty beater with mold growing on the windows like I couldn't believe he got like a fair market price yeah there's no better time to you know wreck your third car right now (laughs) than than right now one of the other cars was like a shitbox like 2002 Toyota Camry and they got a check for 6,500 on that too and I was like unbelievable I thought like maybe two grand tops uh there's a uh there's a 2005 EXT four-door over in uh, New Jersey with 130,000 miles for That's not that 10 bad. grand. Uh, wow. They have an LS in them, right? They have a pretty decent. I have no idea what's in them. I've th- never unless there's some weird Cadillac. Oh my engine, gosh. But... The, the beds in these are tiny, though. Would I actually even be able to use this as a truck? Oh, and it's got awful wheels. <laughs> I, but I you know what's more interesting is I saw, as I was looking for that, carbuzz.com, which is like fairly legit. I don't know their provenance, but yeah. they are saying that there was a patent trademark application for a new Cadillac or Escalade EXT. So they're saying that they think they're going to make oh. another version of it. I Yeah, there's a Chevy me. Silverado truck that has the 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 back flap, uh, the back wall behind the second row seats comes down. The EV so does. Do... Yeah, the new Silverado yeah. EV has the Yeah, just like the just like the Silverado truck kind of became an Escalade truck. Like I'm sure they'll just share the parts and just uh rebadge it and shit. well i i will say i spent the last month in the gaping maw of misery of uh i have a teen daughter and uh wanted to get her a car because i'm sick of driving her everywhere and uh we went out and test drove a bunch of stuff i came up with something like totally practical and will like be good for her for a long time and i was thinking rav4 or something maybe a hybrid like used or something she hates it. She thinks those are mom cars. <laughs> and, and we went to a Toyota dealer and drove everything. And the thing she loved the most is a fucking Toyota Tacoma. So I was like, oh, God. So I spent the last month on every car site. Every and Here's something interesting, I think, um, that every car aggregator somehow missed. I was on, like, car gurus, cars.com, just every single aggregator. Like, what's the one that does something, temp- Auto Tempest, that does all the Craigslist searches? Right. I'm, ser- I'm searching, I'm using every meta car search engine for a month and I got it down to two or three like decent models and I'm like looking up to six hours drive away, like anywhere in any corner of the Pacific Northwest. Uh, and then after a month of uh, striking out a whole bunch of times, I just did a Google search to Toyota Tacoma's for sale and like the little Google ad strip at the top shows my local dealer where I got my Maverick from selling like a 2017 with hardly any miles and it said it had been on their lot for 80 days which, which boggled my mind never seen it in any of the car aggregators huh. ever i wonder if that's so a, like a, uh, if that's a universal stat i i don't i know a fair amount about that side of the business but not down to the like what forms or you know what fields are in the db that's super right. interesting 
It's like there's an API problem somewhere if they forgot one of the most popular trucks, like didn't get into all the nationwide sort of search engines. So did you buy a Tacoma? I did buy a Tacoma. Uh, Unfortunately, probably bought it for the list price it sold for in 2017, but it had less than 30,000 miles on it. So it's like someone, I don't know, some grandpa had it and drove it 5,000 miles a year. Uh, it's sparkling clean, and I have uh, already started upgrading everything on it oh, to make it nice. You're a good dad. But, <laughs> yeah, the first thing was putting CarPlay in it because it didn't come with CarPlay until 2020. But, uh, yeah, put a first thing was putting a nice CarPlay stereo in it and, like, tending the windows and doing a whole bunch of stuff. But, man, that was an adventure just trying to find with, it to Without, with. you know, doxing your daughter too much, like, I'm kind of surprised, like, what what was she saying? First of all, kudos to her for having an opinion on a car because I feel like <laughs> and taste. Yeah, like I feel like a lot of a lot of kids just. I mean, which is also fine if they don't care. I mean, I, I'm yeah. not trying to be an old man at a car show, being like kids these days need to learn. Uh, but the you know what was her rationale? Like, why was a Rav Four a mom car to her, but a Taco was like cool and young? I don't know. It was like, uh, you know, she's a horse girl who rides a horse once in a while. I was like, I gotta go up to the stables like yeah, throw shit in it like i don't want dusty ass saddles in the back on carpeting she just wanted like, a truck have, she yeah she was like truck bed she really she like her favorite truck on earth is like anything anything from the 60s or 70s like a c10 or a f100 and i'm like yeah well that would be no no it's not not good <laughs> like yeah like no but uh so yeah, she was just, she's always liked it. She didn't like the Maverick that much. She drove that for about a month and like was meh about it. She really loved my Lexus. I think she loves like crazy jacked up four by fours, period. Uh, mostly it's, I think it's the uh, the driving position. Like, you know, like my Lexus is like a phone booth and like just glass, mm-hmm. you know, it's Land Cruisery. And the Tacomas are, I would say, they feel more cave-like. I feel like... Yeah, I was going like to say, the, I actually don't love the Tacoma's seating position. Visibility. And visibility yeah. is actually kind of... It, it's The Tacoma's it's always weird. had... I mean, in Gen 2, Gen 3 has always been like a like a sedan seating position. Like the... the there's not a lot of uh, verticality. So your legs are kind of out. And then the, the top of the cab is pretty low too. But... I felt like I feel like the windshield's actually low. Like I feel like I'm in a bubble car, like looking down through yeah. the windshield at my height. But I've done the thing where I bought the like little riser blocks for the front, so it feels like a normal seat now again. But uh, she, yeah, I think she just liked the driving position because SUVs are all like, yeah, your car like the door heights are kind of higher. Um, but yeah, so and I, luckily I found like exactly what I wanted, which was like a stripped dish, like a lower end model but with like a lot of the nice options in it so this thing has like a locking diff and it has like blind spot check on the mirrors and stuff like people usually didn't order that unless a lot of that stuff you gotta get trd pro if you want all the options you know like radar cruise control and all that shit and those things are just 60 70 grand for a tiny truck which is yeah it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense i i'm i'm probably i mean first of all how many trucks is that now for you I mean, I guess with SUVs, that's four things here. <laughs> it is fun to like compare to the Lexus where, I mean, if you're going to buy a bumper or I don't know, anything you can think of, there's like one or two options. And then when you go to Tacoma, there are oh, 50 options dude. for everything. Yeah. Oh my God. The, it's, the, it's like the, Legos. The tacos oh, so are good. second only to, to Wranglers for having just unreal aftermarket support. Tacoma World yeah. in particular 
if you like to scrounge for parts, people are listing parts on there all the time. Like there's, there are times when I'm like, should I just get back into a taco? Like, but I just, I've done it and I don't love the engine and Oh, that, yeah, that was the thing that boggles my mind that like, this is one of the most popular, po most popular midsize truck on the planet. And like 278 horsepower, it doesn't remotely feel like it. It's got like, I was like reading reviews. Like, I, I mean, people would say, eh, the engine's a little underwhelming, but it's, it's just like the, the like mapping for it is garbage. Like, like you punch the throttle, nothing happens for five to 10 seconds. It's not a turbo, but like, yeah, finally get going and it's always in the wrong gear it's always hunting for gears and there are like you know those weird like 200 dollars pedal box you know things that seem like they're snake oil or something but i've watched a few videos yeah. of people where they're going hey it's punchier Feels Th those like aren't how it those aren't feel. snake oil but they just do one thing which is they 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 remap the curve of the drive-by wire so that there's right. no instead of there being a, 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 a like a fade in of you know whatever it's basically as soon as you start to depress it's pushing the curve almost to 100 percent and so <laughs> and it probably takes it from like 18 miles a gallon to 16 or something but yeah i mean everyone it depends says on how you use your foot better. but yeah it feels yeah. better because you're not having to do it i mean i suppose the argument with the taco is like the way you drive it and, and i mean mine mine was a second gen with a with a stick shift and while i hated the stick shift for every other reason the one real good argument was uh, I could keep it in the gear I needed at any point, uh, which around off-road was not particularly useful, but on the street was great, especially with oversized tires and things. Cause I could do, I could stay in first if I needed to, you know, or second to like get moving and not have it hunting into fourth or fifth as soon as possible. So, you know, there's some advantages there, but I, you Smart. know, it's just, uh, it's the story as old as, uh, 20. 11 or whenever that top gear episode came out it's like top like i t toyota trucks are cool when they're cheap and purposeful they're not cool when they are premium they don't justify the premium in almost yeah. any way uh yeah. they're not particularly more reliable than anything else in my anecdotal experience like probably a little bit just because they're so simple and not not overblown yeah. but um yeah, we'll see. I, I I saw a beautiful. I went to a car show yesterday. Uh, some somebody uh, like a like an acquaintance was like, "Hey, I'm going to be uh, like 20 minutes from you uh, at this like car show. Do you want to come?" And I was like, "Yeah, fine. I'll, I'll it's 20 minutes. I'll check it out." And walked around like they were playing the Vandells and Elvis Presley. Like it was a classic car show. Like old men with their. But the cool thing was it was a little bit of everything. And, and also it was a, uh, there was a lot of like projects that were half done and which I always enjoy to be like, yeah, just show me where you're at. You know, like I'll see you in, in three years when you finish this, but there was a beautiful, uh, first generation, like Toyota, whatever you, the Toyota truck, not a T100, but like a 22 R 22 RE like completely rebuilt 75 yes yeah, so like late 70s yeah. uh uh truck in like a burnt orange with the long bed nice. it's like single cab nice. long bed yeah. lifted uh just just <laughs> perfect and like uh it did make me like pause and go like like could i could i get something of that generation that runs <laughs> 
enough that I can <laughs> use it as a truck now, but also is worth restoring and also did not you, spend a lot of money. Uh, did you see what I put on the list of things to talk about? Uh, with the first thing was the Instagram account of a friend in Portland who's a bike rider who bought a Chinook. Um, this is like the RV house that like used to cut up Toyotas and make these like fiberglass monstrosities. But you could get like a mid eighties Toyota four by four with like a little camper shell on it, mm -hmm. and it like went over the cab and everything. So he <laughs> he he owned it for a couple of years and like went all over to the Pacific Northwest and then sold it. But uh, he runs Chinooks, 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 which is just like, and and becomes a game of telephone. It's all original Chinooks that he's ever seen on Instagram anywhere. But also anything that's Chinook-like, like sometimes there's vans, sometimes there's like people with two by fours in the back of a Toyota making it. But it's like, it's really impressive. My parents, I remembered, this remind me, my parents had like a 79 Toyota and it was converted to a dually, like... Uh, like one ton axle in the rear, uh, dual rear wheels, and like camper shell on it. And I used to sleep in the back of it as a kid, uh, going to work with them in the morning. Uh, but yeah, these Chinooks are pretty rad. I had a friend who bought one. Oh my God, someone made a sa Saab Chinook. Um, I have a friend who bought one, like a beater one in the in somewhere in rural Washington state. And like he got, I told him, hey man, just go to a junkyard, buy a new 22RE, they're like a thousand bucks. You can put a thousand bucks into hop up parts if you really want, but like don't even, and like he owned it and it was just constantly not working and dead. And he was stranded with it. Like the one time he tried to take a camping trip in it. <laughs> yeah. I've heard, uh, from expedition portal over the years, back when I had that sportsmobile, uh, I had been looking for Chinooks like, and they, you know, they were around. You could find them. The, usually the truck was in better shape than the camper shell, like than the fiberglass was, especially yeah. the interior, because people would, there was a real run for a while where people would take old RVs and be like, this thing's going to be great as soon as I redo the inside because I don't like all this particle board or whatever. And then they would strip the insides and never redo the insides because that's way harder than almost everything else. And, and then the whole thing gets rickety. Yeah, and, and so you just have like these, you know, really awful setups. And then also a lot of times for anything with a pop up, uh, getting the fabric uh, restored if it if it needs restoration is is difficult. Um, and so yeah, I looked at them and I I'd seen a few people that were running them and even living out of them. Uh, you know, still with twenty two R's REs, like they they held together. It's perfectly fine, uh, but they. You know, the thing for me with, with that particular setup and style is what I realized was what I prefer ultimately is more of the Aussie style build with a flatbed and some modular pieces in the back yeah. as opposed to like a big room that I'm carrying around, but I'm stuck with the big room. <laughs> you know, no, yeah. no, no offense to, you know, the people that like them, but like, um, yeah, they're cool. <laughs> I saw a similar thing, though. Uh, this uh, it, it just cleared. I just opened it up on Cars and Bids. And I think, yeah, it looks like it sold. But there was this was the first RV thing that really had gotten me kind of scratching my head again, which was there was a 95 Ford E350, but it's an Airstream, the B190s that have the top, like they have the hard fiberglass sort of like topper section with like oh, the... Yeah. Um, Wow. Gosh, I can't remember what you call it, but where you have the bed uh, over yeah. over the cab. Um, yeah. But it had also been converted. I don't think it was a Quigley, but it had been converted to a 4x4. 
So yeah. you had a full size Econo line kitted out with Airstream stuff, which tends to, even in '95 was like pretty good. It's like diesel, right? Uh, and seven point five liter V eight. Jesus. Yeah, I was just say I don't think that was a. I don't think a that's diesel. diesel. Um, uh, wow. I don't think there's a ton of Econo lines with diesels actually, but. I'm not an Econoline expert. I thought that, uh, yeah, I thought that was an option. But, but uh, man, what a cool truck! Like it, that, uh, when it when I first looked at it, somebody sent it to me because I have a friend that's also thinks B190s <laughs> are cool, and yeah. Uh, yeah, sent it to me, and it was like eight grand, and I was like, I'm not even gonna save the lake. Thirty eight grand. I think thirty eight oh grand for that is actually a very fair, it's probably fine. fair price, yeah. but like it's way out of my fun like occasional it's, use East coast living yeah. budget. Um, it's so tall. It's very tall. These things are very tall. I once that saw thing a, has to be a 14 feet tall as a toilet and a shower. Jesus Christ. I saw a sportsmobile with a setup similar to that once at an Overland expo get stuck in a mud bog and they had to pull a giant, uh, there was like a giant man, uh, truck conversion that somebody had and put a, a, a snatch uh, like rope on to him. And it was one of the funnier, like there was nothing elegant about it. It was just like he just <laughs> drug at one mile per hour this like giant Econoline out of a mud bog, like up a hill. Uh, it was, yeah, it was pretty funny. It was, that was a, a moment that was very much like, so these are what some overlanding vehicles are that are sort of capable. And then this is what the, two mile per gallon industrial mining truck uh, with a house on the back can do. It, it was pretty, <laughs> it was pretty cool. Nice. Uh, oh, one uh, uh, thing I want to mention was uh, this guy on YouTube, someone pointed me out Tinker's adventure on YouTube. This is like, I think there's, it's rare to find someone who's clearly like a civil engineer of some sort who probably works in the industry but also can speak to humans and explain things like this is the best. Like this guy is a suspension nerd and like he is talking about CV boot angles and he did a whole bunch of like videos on uh, IFS uh, independent front suspension and what are the limits of it and what's the limits of the flex and what's the limit on the CV boots and like what are you doing? Like what are all the things out there trying to do and stuff? And it's insane. There's like I mean, there's like half an hour videos on just like pinion angles and things. And he is like, he'll try three different things and show you like how, uh, like you can put a three inch lift on like the Lexus GX and get no more articulation, lose an inch of articulation because of all these things that are happening and where like tires are contacting the fenders and stuff. But um, I was looking for lift kits for the Tacoma and like he just happened to have like a, a recent video on this place that's like 20 miles from me that makes their own like makes a zillion off-road products but they make their own weird shocks and he actually is like these things are actually impressive like what's the name of the shop going to get the the shop oh it's iron man four by four and i, I yeah. don't know the well it's but like I'm green with them, everything's yeah. green right everything's lime green that they make so um yeah they came out their own foam cell shock and he's like what's the difference between this foam cell you know versus nitrogen gas versus external reservoirs and he goes through every aspect of it and has a whiteboard and it's like i've just never seen such deep scientifically fascinating like explanations of stupid shit that most off-road stuff is just dumb as shit and it just looks cool and you don't know if it's working or 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 like making your vehicle worse and this is just like 
basically a civil engineer breaking down like hey here's why like long travel kits on independent front suspensions aren't always great and here's where they can go wrong and here's what you want to yeah. look for and stuff i mean there, so. it's funny because i feel like in the racing world or car world uh you know people will lower their cars of course with like a spring kit and and that's usually pretty safe if you're not getting too aggressive and you're buying like a decent decent set of springs that are tuned you know still for your vehicle uh it is hilarious to me in off-road land how many people just don't think about anything except height and maybe tire clearance and they're not thinking about on-road uh track you know like does it continue to track in a straight line deflection like like off-road and like oh, yeah. suspension Caster, engineering Kamer. is the most interesting <laughs> thing in cars a lot of times in my opinion yeah and uh and there absolutely are off-road engineers and people that understand it and and even you know like shed like like shade tree builders and stuff i've run into plenty of guys in my travels uh who you know i totally trust on their on their take of on things but it is also funny, like the and I would include myself in this thing where I'm like, "What's the biggest I can get for the least amount of money, <laughs> and and not feel like it's like destroying everything?" Uh, even to the point of like a CV boot is always the the funny hallmark for me because there are certain things. This was very true in the Tacoma and Toyota landscape, where basically people are like. Well, yeah, you just bring some extra CV boots with you on the trail. Like you're always going to eat CV boots, and it's like, and and I'm not, you know, particularly conversant in off-road suspension engineering, and I, but even on that, I was always like, there's got to be a better way than just yeah. like accepting that your CV angles are going to be ripping up your your boots in my, all the time. Uh... I'm in a nerdy slack where like somebody found a just Toyota CV boot, like like. They make it in 40 splines and extra thick. And like, there's like one shop in, I think, Central California, like Bakersfield or something, making these overbuilt crazy CV boots. I'd never even heard, like before Tuesday, I'd never heard of anyone ever doing anything besides just replacing Toyota parts. Yeah, but, yeah it's yeah. a wear part. Like, there, there's, a, there's a market for everything. And uh, the people in this group are often like, hey, why didn't you have an extra CV boot? Because somebody exploded their forerunner on a trip. And they're like, what? Like, why should I? Yeah. No, it was always listed as like part of the standard loadout. Uh, before I click off of cars and bids, because I'm not going to keep staring at trucks on here because uh. these are not for me. There was one piece of sad news uh, in my uh, constant search for things I will pro probably never buy. Uh, somebody bought a first-generation T-top or convertible RAV4 uh, off of cars and bids, and it was like 15 grand. So I think my dream of buying a convertible first gen Rav Four, I think that one might be. I think that one might oh be gone. God. Yeah, I want a two door. I want. I want to look like Barbie Beach Adventures. Like I want. Yeah, like those are a tiny so cool. Little, little four by four, and I've I've been. I have even some searches set up on Craigslist and stuff to alert me when they come up. And <laughs> the two doors are so rare. I think it's, Holy yeah, cow! I think it, I think that I got to let that dream because I'm not putting 15 grand into a 1996 a, RAV4 or whatever it is. I think there was a Dirt Every Day where they put in like a some sort of Japanese import mid-engine into a two-door RAV4. Like they got it and they put it in the passenger seat. Like, you know, like a Honda, something out of like a Honda S2000 or something. And it just winds the hell out of it. And it's so lightweight. You know, it's kind of like the Suzuki Samurai. You can go anywhere and like do anything because it's lightweight and stuff. 
Yeah, those look, those are badass. The other thing I could not believe doing some research was finding this guy, Project Farm on YouTube. Oh, Project uh, Farm's uh, great. Yeah, like, oh my God, he did a gas can roundup of every, like, like six or eight gas cans that are sold everywhere. And like, how, <laughs> how long do they take to fill up with fluid? How long do they take to, to empty with fluid? Like with a, a funnel, with not, like where are the lids like? I've just never seen, this is the most, ex it just reminded me of like 2005 blogging when like there was a market for blogs that were just exhaustive. And like, yeah, this Project Farm dude, he, he tests 13 <laughs> gas cans. And the, and the prices are all laid out. It's like, I was like, this is like redneck consumer reports. This is better than anything I've ever seen. Um, it was fascinating because I was like shopping for gas cans, jerry cans a few months ago. <laughs> if you're like, nasty. Uh, the <laughs> Project Farm video, all of that stuff, like, you know, as middle-aged men who once were bloggers, uh, like all of that spirit of indie DIY stuff, it's just all video now. Like that's just all yeah, it yeah. is. And like, uh, I think that's part of the reason that I, there's times where I'm like, I want to do YouTube. I want to start a thing. And like, uh, one, I'll, I'll never do it, but like two, <laughs> um, like it just, it probably makes a lot better money for them. It, it sucks that they're yeah. mostly all stuck on, you know, YouTube for the most part, like there's not another option, but, uh, like, yeah, that, they're not easy to scan, which like, I prefer text. Like, like I'm looking for recipes lately. I'm cooking more, and like so many times, I'm just ending up like plinkoing down the funnel, and I'm in YouTube. Yeah. Where someone's like, "Here's my mom. Here's my grandma's favorite thing recipe for here's how you make this steak," and it's just like, "Oh my god! Like, why isn't this like just a you know something in text I can scan really fast on series eats or something?" But yeah, yeah, I would say all the energy is in YouTube, probably because all the economics is pointing that way. Yeah, it's uh, it's the next text will come back when GPT three can automatically generate like multiple like hundreds of blog posts a second, and like <laughs> it will just saturate it's, the web. And it's pretty close yeah, already. That'll that'll yeah. be another five year resurgence of text until <laughs> Dolly can generate videos in real time, and then we'll all be able to live in you know communist utopia <laughs> because the computers will just make all our content. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I, w I had an idea for a very popular blog post the other day and I was like, shit, I got to make a video out of it. Like that's how it would actually go around the world. Uh, if I actually had video evidence, uh, I will life. though, before we move on project farms, very cool. There's a few people that are also kind of do that sort of model. I don't always agree mm -hmm. with his outcomes, but, uh, cause I think his testing sometimes is like, you know, he comes up with his own test and sometimes I'm like, yeah. hey, am I really, is that really it's the a, way to do it? But I, we, we always called it in chemistry bucket science. Like, like people that just are not rigorous about things. Like Mythbusters was pure bucket science. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but uh, yeah, definitely. I, I'm just plus wanting your recommendation. Like I, I enjoy watching his stuff through. Cause I do, I do think he's trying within his own sphere of standards. He's like very mm -hmm. ethical and yeah. like, you know, trying to, trying to come up with a good answer. So uh, yeah. 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 Uh, friend, uh, I, I've noticed a couple um, towing tests with EV trucks. So the the TFL, the fast lane people, like towed a six thousand pound trailer with a Ford Lightning, and like I think they got a hundred or one hundred and twenty miles out of range. And then uh, a friend of mine who got an early R one T just moved from I think Chicago to the West Coast, and I think he said. 150 was about the most he ever saw between charges. <laughs> he said, like, I had to charge a lot. 
like all the time charging with like a u-haul and it's loaded up with stuff as he's going cross country yeah so. i i you know you can't fight physics man i i've been having weird thoughts about ev trucks lately where i'm like i don't know that for for the the thing that a full-size truck does for Americans who sort of need them, like personal, like uh, people live in, you know, most of the rest of the country, not on the, the coast, um, like- Real Americans. Well, you know, the best ones. Uh, and like, you know, I keep, I keep coming back to like, well, how often do you tow? Cause I've seen internal OEM right. numbers for, you know, various companies about how many people they, they, they run numbers. They go like how many of our customers that bought a 1500, 2500, 3500 or whatever their, you know, setup is like how many of them actually towed and how much they do that research. And the answer is always like 1%, right? Like it's a vanishingly yeah. small people that do it at all. And then even then it's like, how many times is it twice a year, once a year? It's like very infrequent. However, like there is a reason that you, you know, that is a reason that you buy those things. And when you need it, you really, you really do need it. But even beyond the towing, like I'm starting, I'm very curious to see if the penny is going to kind of drop in the next year or two about EVs in general, but certainly EV trucks, not because I don't think that they're ultimately where everything's going to go and that that is, but, but I feel like there's going to be an interregnum of backlash uh, because I think that the limited ability, the the limited availability. Right, okay, here's my big theory. <laughs> Let me. I'm warming up now. I'm rubbing my hands together. This is gonna audience. be a gonna, pyramid sandwich. This is gonna this is gonna this is gonna blow a lot of minds. I think that the market right now, everybody's pretty open to EV trucks. And if they could go down to the dealership and buy an EV truck right now for a 25% premium, I think they would be, be open to it. I think if availability stays down as low as I think it's going to stay down for the next two to three years, I think there's gonna be just enough EVs on the road that the people that are buying them are gonna start going, yeah, you know, I kind of think my next truck's gonna be gas again. Like they're neat, <laughs> but like it doesn't do this and it doesn't do that. And there won't be enough being sold that the EV charging infrastructure that needs to be built is gonna be built at the pace it needs to be. So I could see, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens to gas prices, but like I could see there being a, a, a another sort of backlash, which I'm bummed about because even with all the real limitations of EV trucks, I still think for most people they're perfectly good. But I, but I've kind of been looking out for that in some of the like the fast lane. I, I actually I didn't watch all that video, but I saw that they were doing those tests with the with the lightning, and I didn't read any comments or anything. But it's like, you know, I don't know, I don't know that that's one you know one of those happenings not a big deal but if like all of a sudden that just kind of becomes the received wisdom because it's reality <laughs> that it's like oh by yeah. the way you really can't tow with these things but i mean i was thinking the most i ever tow is like 20 miles probably on a tow trip you know i'm trying to think of like the longest i mean there are times i've crossed the state with a boat on the back but for the most part, if I'm, I'm running errands, like I'm hauling gravel or bark dust or something, and it's like five miles into town, five miles back home, and that's that's the tone. Yeah, those would be fine. But like, but you're not moving to you're not a, moving to New York. You're not is a be worker. 
Like, <laughs> yeah, right. You're, yeah. you're a you're a gentleman farmer at best. Yes, so like, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it, it's fine. And like, you know, I, my my farm they don't they have F-150s that are the nice ones that they drive around all the time, and then they have the 350s and 450s that they put the flatbeds on and go you know haul like combines and stuff on right so I, w- like, I would just say even with 100 miles of range that's probably enough for like 90 percent of the towing i have to do but i'm not doing it for a job and i'm not crisscrossing the state the only way to really uh, figure this out is for me to get uh like some sort of grant or subsidy from nitsa and the automotive industry to go around and poll people and get a real understanding of what the towing is and i <laughs> and i'll take that grant money and i'll immediately buy a truck <laughs> I did read a cool piece on Expedition Portal that had originally been printed in their uh, uh, like print magazine, uh, which mm-hmm. has a name and I forget what it is. I apologize, but uh, there there was a, a reported feature about uh, basically land cruisers of the drug world uh, that we can throw a link into the yeah. show notes about. It wasn't like an amazing feature for what it you know. It's not like there was not really a reveal. It was more of a slice of life. Uh, and that's. That's journalist this is like, brain talking. Yeah. Like I, I'm not trying to be yeah. a, a dickhead, but like it. But it These was cool photos. But it was yeah. The photos are cool, and it's like a cool little uh, slice of life, or whatever you want to call it. Like uh, in a, into a world that I hadn't uh, uh, thought about too much before. Uh, so yeah, give that one a read. I think that's actually pretty pretty fun. <laughs> that kind of it kind of reminds me of every like roundup of Hilux. Toyota Hilux pickups being used by the Taliban, kind of like yeah, just because it's the world's most indestructible truck so it ends up in like warlord's hands and so unfortunately yeah yeah these are some really cool old land cruisers uh, <laughs> in these photos do you want do you want to know the other uh the other thing that's worrying me right now is you know what's a really good price at sure. the moment land cruisers hmm. they're going for really they're like 80 series 100 series are going for peanuts again and it's really? like huh. man I, I need a pickup. I don't need another SUV. But like, there is part of me that's like, well, you might just grab one and kind of <laughs> stick it aside and noodle I on it. I thought they'd just still always been high up here where I live. Yeah, you're in wow. you're in a weird little four by ecosystem. But like, uh, like go look on cars and bids. Go look on bring a trailer. Like they, they, the bottoms, I think this is the bottom for a lot of them. Like I've seen 80 series, not like the most pristine ones, but 80 series with, with triple locked and you know, whatever for like 10 grand, you know, like not, not at the premium, even that they were six, seven years ago. So if you have been waiting to buy, here is a, a yeah, here's a 90, there's a, Bring a trailer as a 97 40th anniversary edition on sale, and it's only bid up to 10 grand. And it's yeah, and those are good. Those 40s, <laughs> if I recall, is a good spec. It ends in 20 hours. Yeah, Jesus. So yeah, if you're ready, give it a shot. But no, I think I think we're good. And also, I think my uh, not that I, as a rugged guy, I would never have a landscaper. But uh, <laughs> sure so one of like... my farm hands. It is here. Uh, so, yeah, we can probably we can probably shut it down. <laughs> All right. End it. Shut it down. It's over. We did it. Woohoo! Truck. Truck.